Welcome to the Faith Renewed Podcast. I'm Pastor Terry Rogers, and I want to thank you for listening to this message. If you want to learn more about Faith Renewed, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Good morning. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. He's so good, is he not? Amen. Amen. So good to see you today. Turn around and tell about two or three people this morning. Say, turkey looks good on you. Tell them that. Come on, say the turkey looks good on you. Amen. Turkey looks good on you, man. You guys are beautiful. Thank you for being here today. 9 a.m. You guys look amazing. Who had a great Thanksgiving? Come on. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's, it was so much to be thankful for. Um, and uh, again, we're just thankful for you. Faith, if this is your first time, we just want to take a moment, Paul, say thank you for being here. Faith the New Church family, let our first time guests know you love and appreciate them. Maybe it's been a while. Welcome home. Welcome back. So glad you're here, man. What a great day. Uh, again, so much to be thankful for. Um, I'm super excited about this season that we're in. Um, not just, again, holidays, but a season. And I believe there's a difference. And uh, again, we're in a season of Thanksgiving, entering into this season, uh, again, of just uh, honoring the, the Emmanuel, God coming and being with us in the person of Jesus. Who's this? I'm excited about Christmas. Amen. And uh, t- t- tell your neighbor, say, I wear size whatever. Just go ahead and tell them right now. Go ahead and get your order in. Put your order in. Go ahead. And I'll say, I wear size and fill in the blank. Amen. And uh, again, I'm excited about it. Um, I'm really pumped. Um, if you have not heard yet, I'm going to be doing a Christmas series for the month of December. It's called For Unto Us. And um, I'm super pumped about this series. Just going to be zeroing in on, again, Christ coming, um, what that means for us, uh, the hope that that brings, a peace, a joy. And just on Christmas Eve, celebrating the presence of Jesus. And um, so, again, it's going to be a good time. Christmas Eve is on a Sunday this year, if you don't know. And so, uh, make plans to be with us, 9 and 11 a.m. Uh, still two worship opportunities. It's going to be a good time. Short in service. We know uh, a lot of folks have a lot going on that day. But I think it's important to take time out and, again, just focus on what, what Christmas is truly about. Amen? And uh, that is his presence. That's the greatest present we get is his presence. And so we're going to be celebrating that together. But uh, today, I'm excited. We've been uh, last week and again this week just pausing and uh, kind of in between the Jehovah series going into four unto us, just kind of pausing and just giving God thanks and just showing our gratitude towards him. And so um, really pumped. Last week was a great time. I mean, it was awesome. Uh, Heard heard some amazing gratitude stories. Uh, Each of you in this room, you have a story, and uh, your story is so important. It's so important, and I encourage you to share it as much as you possibly can. Tell it to others, and uh, and again, just what God can do. And uh, last week we heard a few. Uh, this week we're going to hear uh, three more. Uh, we're going to have Addison uh, Thornsbury is going to be coming up. And so, Addison, if you're in the room, come on up here and hang out with us. Oh, there she is. Okay, she's on the front row. She better be here. Well, I knew she was up here. Yeah, have a seat. Uh, after her, Scott's going to be coming up and sharing, and then Rachel's going to be finishing up our time today. Um, and again, uh, Addison, thank Thank you for being here. I know you. She had to. She had to take a break from toddlers' uh, ministry to come in and be with us in this first service. Uh, you did have somebody else filling in, right? While you're. Yeah, I hope so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She does a pretty good job leading that thing. So we. we uh, I, uh, so somebody else is. Some, yeah. Okay. Good. No. Two. No, I'm just kidding. Two people. Two pe- okay. 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 <laughs> no. Um, again, I'm just so thankful. Uh, so many stories. Uh, again, we heard last week total transformations of lives, and that's what the gospel will do. 
It's what Jesus will do. It's what the good news will do. It will totally transform your life. And one of the things I love about, about Christ, and as we heard last week, and what God can do in your life, when you're, when you're made new in him, old things pass away. And totally made new in Christ. And there's therefore now no condemnation to somebody who's in Christ now. And that's what I love. I, some of you have stories maybe you haven't shared yet. And you're kind of like, man, you know, maybe not proud of it. Listen, that, that was your story that God took you from death and brought you into life. Amen. Darkness into light. Never hesitate sharing your story. And so I'm super pumped today. Uh, Addison, uh, it was cool when she texted Angel and I. I was like, I feel like God wants me to share something. And I was like, super cool, man. Uh, so Addison, uh, talk to us this morning. Tell us what you're thankful for. Tell us your gratitude story. And uh, again, we're so glad you're up here. Amen. Thank you. Um, well, if I look white as a ghost, uh, this is totally out of my comfort zone. Um, but when you hear the Lord tell you to share something um, and share of his goodness, um, that's what you do. And that's why I'm here. Um, so I just want to start by um, saying that I was, I grew up in church. I was raised in church all my life. Um, I accepted the Lord at the age of nine, 2003. Um, I thought I knew what it was like to live for him, um, but I did not realize that until um, February of last year. Um, so I just want to take a little backstory and just share um, a little bit of where I've come from. Um, so all of you know what trust is. Um, it's easily broken um, and it's hard to get back. Um, so trust is always something that I have struggled with. Um, I've given, I've been given, gosh, every reason not to trust anyone. Um, and it seems cruel, but that's just how it is. Um, a major part of my trust was broken, um, when I was a teen. Um, I wasn't in very many, um, relationships with guys or had many boyfriends, but, the one, there was one that I was with, and I was physically, um, sexually, and emotionally abused by this guy. And if you've ever been in that place, you know that that takes you to the lowest of lows. It makes you feel like you're crap. It makes you feel like you're not worthy of love. And it literally will destroy your life in a heartbeat. Like I said, I grew up in church, so I thought I knew who Jesus was. But when you've been in that situation at the time, that's not where I ran. Um, um, anyways, y'all, if I don't follow this guideline, I will be off on a rabbit trail in a heartbeat. Um. But I was at the lowest of lows, and then I, I just decided that I was going to push everybody aside. I didn't want to be around anyone. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I put up every wall that you could think of. If you could see myself inside of a glass box, I could see you and you could see me. But as far as getting close, there was that barrier that I held up. Um, so I just didn't, I, was, I didn't feel worthy of God's love, and I didn't feel that he was in that moment because of everything that I had went through with this guy. Um, growing up, a verse that I leaned very close to was Exodus 14, 14, and it says, the Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. Um, some, some phrases say, um, some translations say silent. 
Um, in that time, I felt very silent. I felt very still because I didn't know what else to do. Um, I used that verse to really move forward. Um, I look back now and I'm thankful that God took me through those valleys so that I could come out, out on the mountaintop. Um, fast forward a little bit. Um, Zach and I got married in 2019. Um, and it was like immediately the devil started attacking our marriage and it was not even Zach and I like in the like present, I guess, or in like the actual flesh. Um, the devil started coming after me in, in nightmares. Um, I have had very vivid <laughs> nightmares, um, the nightmares, um, those nightmares consisted of Zach being with other women. Um, not only did those nightmares consist of them being with other women, but they consisted of women that I knew. I saw their faces. I knew them. They were people that I went to church with. So if you can imagine, um, having nightmares of Zach being with other women and then going to church with these women, I tend to push people aside. Um, sorry. Um, I would wake up in the middle of the night crying, yelling. I would wake Zach up and say, like, I literally cannot believe this. And for the longest time, that was spent between me and Zach. I never told anybody. I thought that this was, like, something that I could control. Because um, if you know me, I'm a very independent person. <laughs> um, I'm working on that. The Lord is working on that in me. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> um, but I like to try to control everything. Um, and I'm learning that I need to let God have that control and just trust him. Um, but it began to affect our marriage. Um, and something that was only a dream, I thought, like, it felt so real. It felt so real. Um, so, again, I started putting walls up, and it began to take a toll on our marriage, and I would push Zach aside without him even knowing that, like, he wasn't even doing anything wrong. It was everything. It seemed so real that I took it out on him, um, and that wasn't fair to him. Um, but God. Um, nine years ago when I started coming here, I didn't really have an expectation of what the Lord could do in my life. Um, and for many years, um, I, you know, just rode the line. I came to church, I worshiped, I listened to Terry preach and I would go home and just be, um, so February uh, 20th of 2022, um, I was standing down front um, celebrating everything that Jesus was doing in everyone else's lives, and I just physically began to shake um, out of my skin. It was something that I've never experienced before, and I knew that the Lord wanted me in the water. Um, and so I came up and rededicated my life to the Lord, and I, I have never been the same since. Um, I have never felt the Holy Spirit fall over me like that in my entire life. And I am so grateful 
this that is the reason that I'm up here. The Lord is so good. And I'm so thankful that we go through valleys in this life to come out so much better with him. Um, like I said, I'm extremely thankful for the foundation that I was given as a child because if not, I don't know where I would be. I'm, I may not even be, I could have, honestly, there's no telling. Um, there's really no telling. <laughs> uh, fast forward a little bit. Um, in May of this year, uh, we had a women's gathering here at church. And God kept pressing on my heart that if my story was going to be rewritten, then it started with trust. Because through, the, through this whole thing, um, I thought I trusted um, but apparently I was really still struggling with that because God laid it on my heart. Like you've got, you've got to give it back to me. You've got to trust me. And so I had a few of, uh, good friends pray with me at the gathering. Um, and it was life changing. Um, I was bound by the chains of not having trust in anyone, not even really myself. Um, and I just gave it back to him. Uh, one friend said that, um, I want you to speak those things out loud. There's so much power in your words when they're spoken out loud. Let me say it again. There is so much power. You can think things all day long, but if I didn't say it out loud, then it doesn't become real. Um, so I gave all of those things back to the Lord. Um, specifically, I gave my family back to the Lord. I gave my marriage back to the Lord. I gave my kids back to the Lord, I get, but ultimately I gave my trust back to the Lord um, and started trusting him again. Um, with that being said, I went home that night and I just was overwhelmed. Y'all, when I start crying, it usually doesn't stop. And poor Zach has to put up with it. <laughs> Bless his heart. Um, but I went home that night and I just looked him in the eyes and I said, I trust you and I forgive you. What I didn't realize is I had never spoken those words out loud. And that was something that Zach deserved to hear. And that was something that I needed to be freed of. Um, but a verse that I've been really leaning into is Isaiah 26, 3 through 4. It says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For in Yah, the Lord is everlasting strength. Um, I just, I would like to say from the conference on, I have not had one nightmare. I have been healed of, <laughs> y'all, it is so good. <laughs> it's so nice to sleep. I will say though, when the Lord does something in your life, be expecting to still wake up, but it's not from nightmares. It's because Jesus has been waking me up so many times. I text them, what, gosh, that was like 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the morning. I was like, the Lord woke me up. He said, you got to share. <laughs> so here I am writing out my story because I had never done it before. Like, I just, I didn't think it was good enough, you know, but I'm, I'm really thankful that what the enemy was using against me, the Lord is using for good. Um, the second thing I want to share with you guys is if I am so grateful for small groups. If you are not a part of a small group, you need to start. 
these people will go through hell and back with you. I am, it is incredible. Um, the devil will tell you you're not good enough. The devil will tell you you don't fit in. The devil will tell you there's nobody here for you. And I want you to know that that is a lie straight from the enemy. Um, I, I used to believe those lies. You can ask Zach. We'd be on the way to small group. I'm like, I don't want to go. I want to go home and get in my pajamas. Like, this is not, this is not for me. Uh, it's out past my bedtime. <laughs> um, but I just want to say, take that step. Get out of your comfort zone. Um, they start back up in January, February. Get Be a part. Be a part. Um, I've been surrounded by some of the most genuine, kind, loving friends um, that you can text, call, stop, go eat, whatever you want to do. Um, any Anytime, they'll be there. Um, and I just want to, I think I just want to end it with that. I'm, I've never expressed how much I'm grateful for this church. Um, but I am so thankful for the people in this church because you're incredible. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. Um, and from this moment on, I'll just keep sharing. Amen. Uh, Come on, let us know your love. What's cool is not only now do they... Um, you know, still go to small groups. There's at their house now. They're hosting them. And so, uh, so, so she gets to stay in her pajamas still now. So that was why she did that. No, uh, but it is cool to totally see that. And thank you for saying it because uh, relationships is one of our core values here. We, we, and we want to create those environments because it is that, out of that community. Again, um, it brought healing, you know, to you. And, uh, and again, um, I'm just, again, I'm so thankful. It's just cool. I look back, you know, I see folks sitting on this row back in the back, you know, uh, Addison's family. And, and it's just great how, how the gospel, it, it can go generational. And, and I'm looking back and I see, you know, decisions and choices that were made now uh, years ago uh, are, are affecting now the generations. And now uh, Zach and Addie's little ones are, are back there running around and going to be a part of changing the world, you know. And so, um, again, we're just so, so thankful, Addie, for what God's doing in your life. Don't stop telling your story. Keep going after it. And um, it is cool. Now she's jumping in leading, um, uh, helping with our uh, H. Tyler's group. Or, yeah, helping with, helping with our Tyler's ministry. And so, again, it is just cool to see folks come in, kind of sit in the back, do nothing, and now just like, man, what else? What else? And, um, and again, it's what the Lord will do. So open your hearts up. Trust is a big word. I struggled with it for years myself. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, again, we love you. God bless you. Let us know you, you love her. Scott comes around next. So, amen. Thank you so much. Um, and again, gratitude, thanksgiving is huge. It goes a long way. Psalms 104 says, enter to his gates that way. Go into the very gates. So before anything else happens, begin to thank the Lord for, for his goodness and uh I do that now every morning before I get out of my bed. I thank the Lord first. And uh, so, um, again, make that a part of your life. Uh, I like this dude up here right now. If you don't know Scott, Scott has become my friend over the last, I don't know, how long now? Six, nine months? Nine months, yeah, nine months. And um, and uh, just, again, stories after stories of what we're seeing here and God do. Scott, thank you for being here, man. Tell him uh, what God has done and, and doing in Scott Wolf's life. Um. <clears throat> First of all, I'll start with saying just that, um, as I just said, I'm, I'm very thankful for the comfort of this place. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we talked about gratitude, and he, he mentioned um, 
participating in this. I thought, okay, I can do that. Um, and I was thankful for the opportunity. But what it took me back to is begin to think and reminisce and look back. So as I put these things together, um, I'm ADD, so I'm going to stay, stay focused here. Um, gratitude is the quality of being thankful and its readiness to show appreciation and to return to kindness and return the kindness. As I listened last week and even just a moment ago, I realized I'm not different. Satan had attacked me the exactly the same way he did each one of the others. Isolation, doubt, devalue, lack of worth. And I even realized that from a Christian perspective, because I was a Christian when I was 13 years old, and I have no doubt about that. But from 13 to 53, many of those emotions and many of those times I can take you back to in my life and how he did that to me. But what it proved to me was, you know what? Um, he does the same thing. And if we understand what he does, then we have the ability to change that. Um, so, man, oh, man, I'm so thankful for each one of the stories that I heard last week, your vulnerability and willingness to tell your story. I want to say thank you. Um, I love to see where you are, where God's brought you, but I'm so anxious to see where God's going to take you. Um, Addison, to see what's next, just listening to your story. I'm so excited about that. You know, Ephesians 6.12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and the darkness of the world. This became so real to me as I listened to these things, and I heard and understood, um, and I thought about this, because if you hear their stories, you can see this resonate between it, you know? You know what you realize? Satan has no new tricks. Do you know Satan did the same thing with Eve? He said, doubt. Can I create doubt in you of who God is? Did he really say? And she chose the doubt. And I did too in my life at times, you know. Um, she and Adam filled. You know, he did the same thing to Jesus when he was vulnerable in the 40 days. He got up there and he said, hey, you know, is it really that way? And Jesus spoke the word back to him. He did it three different times. And finally, Satan left him alone. If you think for a minute that if Satan will do that to Jesus, that he won't do that to you. That's the number one thing you'll do. He'll create doubt in you in situations. I have a story, as each one of them do. And as you do, and what I realized by listening was that my story sounds different in maybe some of the circumstances, but really has the same similarities. Pain, hurt, embarrassment, lack of value, lack of worth, questions and lies about myself. I bet you somewhere in you, some of these things resonate, Christian or non-Christian, because that's what Satan does. But I want to talk about gratitude for a minute, and I want to move past that to the rest of the story. Every one of them, as myself, showed God's promise and his provision and that he showed up. And when he shows up, he shows out. First, I think it's critical to understand that it was not God's will for those dark things in my life. He's a good God. You have to have that as the basis, and I had to as well. He is a very good God. He only wants the best for me. He only wants the best for me. I'm so grateful that after being a Christian since I was 13 years old and even being used at times that I can, I can look back in my life, I now understand and have come to realize that his word is true. It's always been true. But I'm grateful that I understand it's literal. And when I took it as literal, that's when the power and when it changed. And that's when the relationships and when God continued to move me in different places. Matthew 7:11 says, If you then who are evil meaning parents, carnal, it uses the word father in there, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to you? I didn't believe that. I believe God was a punishing God. I believe he was a God of rules. I believe he was a God that 
I never could meet his expectations. I could never do what he wanted me to do. I'd never be good enough. And I'd seen that. I can look back now and I can see where those things resonated with relationships in my life. And I'd never, ever would meet up. That quest, however, wrestling with that has changed me because God is not the God who is the hang in there, brother and sister. You're going to make it, God. He's not the God. Struggle through life and we're going to make it to heaven, brother. That's not the God I serve. I came to terms and I said, look, if that's the God, I don't want that. Because I can't see how that God, who is all-powerful, all-knowing, all the things that we talked about, if he created me and he loved me that way, why would he do that to me? And what I realized, he didn't. And when I realized that he didn't, it says, John 10, 10, the thief Satan comes to steal and kill and destroy. It says, I came that they might have life and have it more abundant. More abundant means to the fullest. It means till it overflows, till it comes out of you. As you put water and you put something underneath a faucet and you fill it with water and it just continues to go into the sink. That's what God wanted for me. And as I understood that, it began to transform me from the inside out. When I took hold of this, it totally changed my image of my past and I no longer looked back. I realized it was not God at all. Yes, he was the protection, comfort in the midst of the difficult times. He dried my tears, but it was not what he wanted for me. Yet, I had put that on him and said, why? Now I see him and I see myself as Genesis 1.27. So God created man and women in his image and in his likeness. So as I began to take that on and I began to look through this book right here and say, what does that look like? What is that picture? I'm a person that if I can see it, I can believe it. I can follow it. So that makes faith hard for me. You know, I'm a vision person. I want to see how it works. You show me one time, I probably can emulate it. It says, we are saved, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone in the Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The reality is if you don't take hold of that, though, it's not true. I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit will witness to me who I am in Christ, what he wants me to be, what he created me to be, that I do not have to live under the scrutiny of sin, that if I take on the personality of Christ, I will live with all the gifts of the Spirit and then the peace that he gave. John 14, 12 says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. John 15, 26 says, when the Holy Spirit comes, whom I will send to you with the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, it will bear witness with you, which means it will become one within you and it will take part in you. And I can tell you that's true. You know, what I realize, Satan says all the things, same things. As I listened to last week, and I listened even to Addy, you know what, and I listened to my story, I realized he did the same thing to us. He said it in the same ways. It sounded different, but it was very similar. That creates doubt and unbelief. But it's done and it's finished. I had to believe. I had to take steps. That's the deal. You realize, I realized Christ could do no more. He had already done it. It wasn't his will for me. It wasn't his intention for me. I had to take a step. I had to move out of where I was in a very uncomfortable place because sometimes it was more comfortable to be where I was because it's what I knew, as unhealthy as it was. If you look in the Bible, look at the miracles, look at what he did. How many times did he say, because of your faith, because of your faith? Because of your faith. And you can go and look back at the stories. And he said to them, because of your faith. 
You realize the provision was always there. It was always his will. It was always what he wanted because he wanted nothing but the best. But it was because of their faith and because of my faith that I'm in a different place today than I was. Even 40 years ago and the journey that we've had and many of you the same story. You know what happens when you attach your faith to God? Then you go. You can't, Addie, you can't not tell your story. All of a sudden you go, I have to tell someone. I have to see, I have to explain the liberation that's happened within me. And it does over and over. You know, you realize, it says in Romans 2.11, that we're all the same. God treats everyone the same. So when Satan said to me, Scott, you're not worthy. Scott, you don't have value. Scott, you're not loved. It was a lie. But when I believed that lie, it absolutely bound me. So in so many things, it controlled my actions. You talk about trust. I feel you, sister, because I had none either. Although our circumstances were different, he did it and it happened and the same things happened. You know, as I realized that, though, I realized when he said that we're all the same. As the people in this book, and you take it literal, we have the same power. There was no one greater in God's eyes than me. Not Billy Graham, not Smith Wigglesworth, if you know those names. Or whomever else I had put in my name and said, wow, look how great God was to them. Look what God wanted for them. Look what great things, because you could tell, I can tell you from the age of 13, I wanted great things. I wanted to be used by God. I want and not for me, not so I could say, look what I did, but because I wanted what they did. And when I saw them, I went, you know, I want to do some of that, too. I want to be part of that. But I never felt like I was worthy of that. I never felt like I had value to do those things. It probably resonates with you guys meeting on your lot. When I talked to you about your house and I said, this is so much bigger than your home. It's so much bigger than your home. But I realized I had the power. And I couldn't stop talking about the power. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And what that told me was, you know what? I, I don't have to rely on myself. I can plug into my God. And just as I can plug into that right there, and there's power that will come through it. And whatever I'm trying to accomplish, he will give me the ability to, to do that. But Psalm 37, 4 said, New, in the New King James Version, delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Which said, not only is he going to meet my needs, he's going to take me further than that. And as I delight myself in him, he's going to take me places in those things. I said at 13, and before that, that I wanted to do those things. And he said, you'll do that, Scott. You'll have that, Scott. Here's what I'll tell you. God can't do what he's already done. You said, that don't make sense. It's waiting on me. That's what it was. And just so you understand, it could have happened at 13. It wasn't God. Okay? And I want to make sure you hear me. Because I believe this now with all my heart. The things from 13 to 53. And the, the lows of the lows. That wasn't God. I went places that I was never intended to go. Because of lies that I believed. Because of doubt that was within me. Because of, And I can, I can tell you one story, and I won't do it at this point because it's not relevant because I want this to be our gratitude because you understand it's about where we're going, not where we've been. 
You understand? That's what's most important when we talk about these things. I had to take a step. It started with me. And as I did, he then could. As Peter was on the boat, he had to take a step out of the boat. He had a choice. The water had never held him up before. But when he looked in his eyes and he said, come to me, he had to make a choice. And I did too. You can keep praying. Please do. But you have to move. I had to move. Your healing, your finance, your relationships. I will tell you that if you'll step into the uncomfortable, that's where he's at. Because that's where he's going to break off of you things that you're comfortable with and that are solid. I can only say that because that's where I've lived in my life. And we've talked about this and many of you have had the opportunity. Let me tell you something. That's why I have a totally new understanding. It comes with joy in the midst of my struggle. It comes with peace in the midst of my stress. It comes with relationships in the midst of my faults. But you have to take steps. He cannot answer a prayer he's already answered. Meaning he cannot do what he needs you to do. You have to take the step because if he does it, you will never have faith. You will never take that step. And as you do that, faith is a muscle. And as you exercise that muscle, he's going to take you places that you never thought you would go. And I only say that because let me tell you something. I'm no different than anybody else and I see where he's taking me. So I say if a God will use me, what will he do in you? When you connect with his principles and you see it manifested, you can't stop talking about it. It's captivating. It's overtaking. You do things differently. You live differently. When you know you have the same power that you read about, it gives you confidence. And then you pray for the boldness that the disciples were sent out with, and he gives it to you. We are the hands, feet, mouth of Jesus. Yes, all the things that we, he said in the word, but just like the disciples, it's exemplified by our actions and what we do. I have power. You have power. I'm not telling you that I, have, I don't have circumstances. I'm telling you that I, as Paul, who, is, who was chained and imprisoned, I will praise him in the midst of my circumstances. He lives in the praises of his people. And in the midst of the praises of his people is peace. You want freedom? Praise him. Sing out loud whether you can sing or not because I can't. Shout to him. Call upon his name. You want revival? You are revival. You will be the catalyst for revival wherever you are. I'm telling you. If you'll step out and do these things, you'll see things you never, never dreamed you could do. It's on you. As much as I love this church and I do, and I've fallen in love even more and more, do you know that you can key up on YouTube? And Adam and I just had this conversation. You can watch it in your bedroom. You can listen to the songs. He helped me the other day because I'm not techie. But I'll tell you what, you, you put it on and you start singing with it. I don't care where you're at. You can be in your vehicle driving to work. You can be in your break room. You can be on the plant floor. I don't care where you're at. The same Holy Spirit that you see here on Sunday mornings is right there with you. And I can say that because I've done it. I've had to pull over because I couldn't contain what was in my truck because of the tears. Let me tell you something. I'm not special, y'all. I'm not special. Do you know they carry the same power? The song is not the power. It is your spirit and belief, and you can share that wherever you are, you and the Holy Spirit. This is what I'm grateful about. I have power. I have health. I have healing in my family. I am the righteousness of Christ. I am the head, not the tail. I am the lender, not the borrower. I have been made the righteousness of Christ. I need not look back, for that is behind me. And as I take on the image, I am perfected as I trust his will. I have the Holy Spirit. I have joy. I have a smile. I have great things. You do as well. Join me and take on the Bible. Put it on. 2 Corinthians 10, 5 said, We demolish the arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought into captivity of the obedience of God because you understand that's where Satan dwells is in your head, in your emotions. And if he can get you to take that thought and act on that thought, I'm telling you, he'll take you down the path that you can't get back from. 
or it takes a lot to. It says, she talked about speaking it. And I was like, come on, Jesus. He said, life and death in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it and indulge in it, it's fruit and bear the consequences of the word. Think before you speak. What you are saying will happen. You are speaking it into existence. I, I'm not a claim, name it, claim it, faith. Don't understand what I'm saying. But I'm telling you, I've seen it. The word is life. Go deeper with the Holy Spirit on whatever you're dealing with. Ask him to cleanse you and point it out. Call it out. Don't run from it. Run to it. As soon as you do and you confess it, it loses its power. Satan cannot control you with it because it is not hidden in the closet of your mind. That was mine. But without your action, Christ can't move. It takes your move. It took my move. I know it because I've done it. Scared to death. I didn't know what was on the other side of the move. I didn't know where it would take me. It didn't matter to me. It didn't matter what happened. It didn't matter. I wanted freedom. I wanted to be shameless and without guilt. And he said, call it out, get it out. I said, let's go, God. Give me wisdom and next steps because I didn't want to create vulnerability and say the wrong thing to the wrong person. That's valuable. You need to hear that. You know, you say that in a private environment. You can speak a good day or a bad day into an existence depending on how you start your day. You talked about it just a moment ago. Make a choice. Be literal. You and I have power over the devil. Do not give him dominion and too much power. He is defeated. It is over. Quit trying to win something that's already won. How did Jesus do it? You do that too. Speak the word. If the same power he had, you have. The Satan is not subject to you. Is subject to you. You can wrestle with him if you want. Or you can speak to him and it is done. And then you walk forward in victory. You do it. Speak it. Again, I'm not different than you. So if he's doing it in my life, he'll do it in yours. I have no general curse, generational curse in me because when Christ came into my life, I became a new creation. All past is history. I have a new lineage. I have a new bloodline flowing through these veins. The issue is I did not walk in that lineage for years. I was bound up looking backwards instead of moving forward. I'm grateful that it is mine and it also yours. And as together that we're going to go places. And I'm thankful to share my journey with you. Hear me, hear me. God is a great God. Don't confuse this. It's got to be the foundation. God is a sovereign God. God is a kind God. God is a wonderful God. Please quit saying I had to change mine. God did this and God did that because many times he did not. He is getting a bad rap for stuff he had nothing to do with. In my life, I blamed him for a lot. It wasn't him. It was me. It was pride, stiff-necked, wanted to be right, couldn't dare to be wrong, didn't want to be called out. But he took it. He didn't get mad at me and storm off glaring at me. He didn't scream at me. He said, Scott... I have something for you. Scott Wolf, I love you. David Scott Wolf, you are perfect in my sight. And if there was no one else to save but you, everything in this Bible I would have done. Scott, will you receive it and walk in it, please? It's a gift. It's free. Just receive it and walk in it. Have you ever really wanted something to have something and they just say, have something for someone, you want to give it to them? And they were like, no, 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 I can't do that. I'm not worthy of that. Or, no, 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 really, I, I can't take that from you. But it's really important to you and you want to give it to them, but they just keep pushing back from you. Almost hurts your feelings, you know? I made this with just you in mind, and they say, oh, no, I can't, and continue to push back. You know, it especially made her a gift for them. Parents, you know this with your children. As you see things and you try to give it to them, and you see them through rebellion or determination go different directions. It hurts. That's what he said to me. That hurts me, Scott. That you've said for all those years, oh no, I can't. 
or no, no, I won't. Oh, no, I'm not worthy. It hurts me because I didn't want to see you hurt. And I was stuck. I couldn't do anything because you wouldn't accept what I had for you. I wanted that so bad for you, Scott. But finally now, 17 months ago, in September, I had said yes. Oh, yes, oh, yes. I will, Lord Jesus, and I will speak that, and I will walk in that, and I will put on that, and I will enjoy that blessing, and it has changed my life. That is what I'm grateful for. I see him smiling, saying, that is what I want, and don't stop there, Scott. Try this, Scott. There's more, Scott. I love you, Scott. Go, Scott. Go, Scott. Don't slow down, Scott. As the Constitution is to the American citizen, the Bible is to the Christian, but you have to know it to operate within it. It is at your disposal if you learn it. Last story. I've been a paramedic. A firefighter for years, and we have protocols or things that you do in certain scenarios. You have to memorize those, and you have to be affluent in that situation. Automatic, no thought. He said to me, Scott, could you imagine if while on the scene of emergency, you said, hold tight, got to run out and check something real quick. The Bible kind of operates the same way. It's intended to be in you and be part of you. And if you'll do that in those moments, it will come out of you. But something can't come out of you that's not in you. So, you know, yes, I used the Bible and I looked up things just like I did in my protocols. Even at times I called the doctors. But all of my conversation with the doctor always started with knowledge of the protocols. If I didn't know the knowledge of the protocols, I couldn't talk to them about my scene because it all started with relevancy as to a common base. And that's our Bible. When I'm trying to figure something out, I have the same opportunity to be fluent, meditating in it day and night. That is where the power is. But he, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, will intervene if you need more insight, as the doctor did on those calls. But if you don't know the word, use the word, speak the word, or operate in the word, you're fighting a battle without your armor or your armament. You're exposed. You're vulnerable. It is tough, like fighting a boxing match with a blindfold on. Now, remember, that is not God's desire for you or me. That is our lack of willingness to get into the word. That is not what he wants for us. And he's saying to you, I have so much more for you. I want you to have joy and peace and fun and relationships and confidence in the midst of whatever you're dealing with. But you as I have stepped, and we have steps to take. I use the word unfathomable as I think about my journey these last 15 months. For life, the last 15 months has been beyond belief. I'm not special. You have the same thing. If you've not plugged into the Bible, I invite you to do that. You can't plug into the Bible unless you plugged into him, though, because it has no power. But once you plug into him, everything in it becomes you. Thank you, Jesus. That's what I'm thankful for, this word, for hope, for the future, for this gathering. Hear me. Hear me get this. God is a good God. Don't put all the bad things in your life and say, why did he do that to me? Because I'm telling you, if you do that, Satan is taking those things that God will walk you through as he did when Paul was in prison. It was miserable. Don't miss that. But Paul made a choice. He sang praises. And just as he did for Paul, and he broke the chains off and they walked out, that's what my guy's done for me.
Come on, can you let Scott know <clears throat> you love and appreciate him this, this morning? Whoo, man. Rachel, come on up here. Oh, man. And I'll say this about him. I've been able to have conversations, hang out with him. It's real life. He, he, he lives this and means this. Um, things we haven't seen yet uh, or things we have seen now, uh, he was declaring, and we were praying and believing for it. He's already saying it. So uh, his word works. What a great reminder after a Jehovah series of how good God is. Amen. Rachel, I'm glad you're up here. It's good to be up here. Yeah, I'm glad nervous, you're here. as always. Yeah, no, you're good. Talk talk to us. Talk to these awesome people about uh, what God's I'll just say doing. I didn't text him to uh, be up here. <laughs> 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 he texted me, and, uh, you know, and it's definitely in a season in my life where it's definitely uncomfortable to be up here. But uh, it's been a while since I've shared, and so it's probably just as much for myself being up here today as it is for you. Um, so just to give you a little bit of my backstory. Um, my mom was young when she had me, teenager. Uh, my dad left before I was born. Um, so my grandparents pretty much raised me till I was about nine years old. Um, my grandfather was an alcoholic most of his adult life. Um, he quit drinking kind of when I came into the picture. Uh, so that was a great thing. I got to experience, you know, a great side of him, and those were good years of my life. Um, but he did pick alcohol back up uh, around my eighth or ninth birthday. Uh, it would ultimately uh, kill him uh, at 67 years old, um, which changed the course of my life drastically at that point. You know, my grandmother was older uh, than him and just not in great health. And so I was at that time kind of forced to, they were forced to make a decision to put me somewhere else to be cared for. So at that time I started moving around uh, with different family members and Ended up in a place that uh, was not a good place and was sexually abused for several years, starting at age nine. Um, and that went on until probably about my 15th birthday. Um, but as, you know, those things happen, you, you find coping skills. Uh, I knew who God was growing up. I mean, I wasn't, like, in church all the time, but we occasionally went. Uh, I had an aunt. We always said, if you wanted a prayer answered, you call my Aunt Thelma. That was our prayer warrior and our family. Thankful for her. We miss her today for sure. Um, but so, you know, I, I, I had knowledge of it, but I wasn't, like, in it to really know, like, that he's, he's who he is. And so at 13, with everything that kind of gone on in my life, you know, I started looking for coping skills. So I started drinking, smoking hanging out with crowds where I didn't need to be, but I was I instantly, you know, loved this feeling because it made me where I didn't have to feel. Uh, it numbed all those hurts, and so I also played sports. I played volleyball, basketball, softball, started in middle school. This was an outlet for me as well um, and probably kept me grounded somewhat where I didn't go out into the drug world as fast as I could have. Um, I got scholarships to play basketball and softball at Newberry College. I spent four years there, played ball there for four years. I graduated with a bachelor's degree in education. I came out of college and went straight back into teaching. Um, uh, so my addiction really took off at this point, especially around my senior year of high, uh, college that I really got into a lot of harder things. Um, and that just took me down a really, really, really dark path. But I was teaching. Um, I got arrested <laughs> in the summer of my second year of teaching, um, and that cost me my job in teaching. Um, so that's how I got into actually kind of what I'm doing now. 
I had a family friend that took me under his wing and started teaching me how to, to do home repairs, remodeling, and so that's where I went with that. So that's kind of how I got into what I'm doing. I know a lot of people always ask me, like, how did you get started in that? That's how I got started in this. I, I lost my job teaching and then ventured over into that. So, you know, I had like a false sense of having things under control because like when I was drinking, it would get out of hand, I'd stop drinking. But, but I would always pick up something else. So I would not be drinking, but I was over here using cocaine. <laughs> like, you know, so, and then I would quit that, and then I would pick up something else. So I, and I was a functioning addict. Like, I held a job down. Like, I had a place to live. I had a car. I had, you know, so it gave me a false sense of having things under control, which is never farther from the truth. That You, you know, it's, it controls you. But I just couldn't break free from it, and I fought that battle for a lot. 22 years. So 22 years of my life, I was spent in active addiction, um, drugs and alcohol. Um, I was briefly married. I know some people in here probably don't know that uh, for about three years. Uh, but you're broken like that. You can't be in relationships. So I just kind of released him. So in 2010, I left him. I left kind of everything I knew. And I got in my car and I said, I'm either going to find myself or I'm going to end my life. And I got in my car in 2010 and started driving, and I ended up in California, uh, in South Lake Tahoe, California, and I spent about all of, just under three years there. Um, so the thing is, I was like, I, I was like, I'm just going to get away from everything and then and try to find myself is really what I was after. But the thing is, if, what I failed to realize is that I still took me with me. <laughs> I, I still, I was still there, like, so I carried all the things I was running from or thought I could get away from with me, so all I did was go out there and find the same things and the same people, you know, that I had here, and so I spent two and a half, like I said, years out there, I went out there, didn't know anyone, <laughs> uh, drove all the way out there and got a job, worked at the ski resort, Worked at the campground. It's a beautiful place. If you ever get a chance to go, I definitely recommend going. Um, but I also found crystal meth out there, um, which is a very, very, very dark demonic drug. Um, I spent about five years of my life uh, fighting that demon for sure. Um, so obviously I had to get back home. Because I was like, I'm going to be out here by myself, and I'm going to die out here. And so uh, I had a DUI also in 2009 where I had totaled my truck, went to jail. Um, that didn't kind of take effect until I got to California. So I lost my license uh, while I was out there. I sold my car, so I flew home. My mom drove to Atlanta, picked me up from the airport. So I had no license, no car. <laughs> not I had a bag. <laughs> that was pretty much all I had. I was like... 34 years old and coming home to my mom really for the first time um, my mom and I our relationship hasn't always been great um, God's restored that and still restoring that so I'm thankful for that but she, if I ever needed anybody she was always there no matter what uh, so I moved in with her uh, at that age and so uh, six months I stayed there and then this is how I get to the praying aunt my aunt Thelma the praying warrior she had uh, Parkinson's disease, and she wasn't doing well. It was right at the new year, and they, she needed somebody to just come in and kind of help take care of her, and I didn't want to go. I'll be honest with you. I didn't want to go. So I went, and uh, 
You know, God sets you up like that. <laughs> so I went and uh, ended up staying there for several months. Her, her, her children helped me get my license back. They gave me her car. Um, so I was driving her to church on Sundays, uh, not looking for anything. I was just a taxi driver at the time. And uh, so in January of 2013, uh, I was sitting in the, in the church service, and she looked at me. She said, are you ready? I said, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> so we went up front. All right, I gave my life to the Lord, and uh, yeah, yeah, it was a major turning point in my life, uh, not to say that everything was just gone and made perfect at that time, because it wasn't, it was a battle, um, I, I'm not from here, I live about, was about two and a half hours from here in the lower part of the state, um, so my spiritual family there uh, really, really battled with me, but the thing is that they just took me in, like, as I was, broken. Uh, and loved me where I was, and that's so important because, you know, usually people in our situation, we don't feel loved, we don't feel like we, you know, we're, we're worthy, and uh, it's just to be loved, like, no matter what, it's, 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 it's a lot. So they battled, and I just, I wasn't clean. I was coming to church on Sundays after being up for days and days and days, you know. Uh, it's people, you know, I had a home, everybody hung out at my house, and on Sunday morning, <laughs> I, we all been up for, like I said, getting high. And I said, well, I'm going to church. Anybody wants to go, let's go. <laughs> Get in, let's go. So, I mean, sometimes some of those people would go with me. A lot of times it was just me. But, you know, and people probably think that's crazy. Like, how did you get up and go to church, like, in that frame of mind? It's like, because I wanted it. And even though, you know, it wasn't like an instant, like, thing for me, those seeds were still being planted there, and you know, and and in my in my spiritual family, they I mean, I wore them out. It was like a year and a half. Like I did, they were exhausted. Like they finally just said, you know what, God, she's yours. You just gonna have to deal with it. But it's uh crazy, like how I got to here is in 2014, uh, in October, we had signed up for a women's conference months earlier, and uh, it was in Columbia. Um, I stayed up all night smoking meth so I could get there because I wouldn't have made it, just to be honest with you. So I went. Uh, I met Anna. My, a lot of you know my friend Anna out front, and she's like, man, you need to come, we get, you need to come where I'm at. It's a recovery home. And I just kind of blew that off. So I went on in for the conference. At the end, they had an altar call, and uh, I went up front to be prayed for. And the lady that came and prayed over me, I didn't know her. When we got done, we stood up, and she said, I have a place for you. You can come back with me today. I didn't know that time it was Narva's Heart that has Edith's House of Recovery, which was part of Hannah uh, back then. And I said, okay. And they followed me. I was in a hotel room. I had kind of pretty much lost everything. First point in my life where I really was not at a point where I could function. Um, so they followed me. I didn't even know where I was going. <laughs> I was like, I didn't even know where this place was. So they followed me back to the room. I got my clothes basket of clothes. I threw them in the car, and off we went to Traveler's Rest. Uh, that was October 11th of 2014. I spent a year there. And uh, so I just celebrated nine years. Uh, yep. Nine years of being completely free. I mean, he delivered me. I don't struggle with it anymore. Like. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm delivered from that. 
So, but, you know, things have not been easy since then either, you know. I, I, two weeks after I completed my um, program there, my 16-year-old niece got hit by a car and got killed. Um, and that was a tough time in my life, you know. But I said right then, I'm like, the enemy, I'm not, you're not going to use that to take me back. Uh, and then a couple months after that, I took in her 14-year-old brother, uh, me, just fresh, sober, taking in a teenager. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that was challenging in itself. So, But he spent two years with me, and then he decided to go back where he was. So, hope, you know, planted seeds in his life. He, was a, he came here with me. The way, and how I ended up at Faith Renewed is we visited different churches uh, during my time at Heart of Hannah. We would go to different places. And this place, it was special, you know. So when I completed, uh, I lived in Traveler's Rest and ended up in 2018 buying a house and moving to Simpsonville so I could be, because it was hard to get connected and plugged in when, you know, driving that far. Um, so fast forward to four years ago, and uh, the Lord just called me to take in my niece. Uh, a lot of you know Tegan. She's seven now, so I got her when she was three. And to say that it's been a battle, it's, it's been a battle. It was a, it's been a very, very tough four years um, financially, just being an instant mom, uh, the enemy whispering in my ear that I can't do this, me actually telling God, you picked the wrong one. <laughs> I'm not the one for this. Um, but, you know, that's what the enemy does. And, and that's why I was like, really, this is the time that you're calling me up here to speak. And the reason that he is called, because he needed to remind me of, like, where he's brought me from because of the season that he's taking me into right now. Um, I, 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 I got delivered from drugs and alcohol, but there was so much more that I haven't been delivered from. And my deliver I know some amazing ladies in this church that listen to God. Uh, Addison talked about the walls. My walls are high. You know, and I like to disconnect. You know, I've disappeared out of here a few times. <laughs> I, luckily, I have ladies that reach out, where are you at? You know, we'd have missed you Sunday because I like to withdraw. I like to isolate, um, but that's a dangerous place to be. Um, so, and then, you know, I was moving away from here, and then God brought me back before I even got to move all the way. <laughs> you know, and I look at that now. I mean, it, it was God. You know, it had to be. I'm stubborn. I'm independent. I like to be in control. You know, those are all things that I have to be delivered from and work through. But I was at a job, a great job. I loved it, but just it was my season there was over. And it's hard to walk away when you're the only person bringing in money at home to just up and quit your job. So God did all this stuff to get me out of that job because I needed this season. And I've started my own business uh, doing home remodeling and home repairs, and it makes sense to me now. I needed time. I needed time for the season that he's walking me into right now. All the things that I've been holding on to that I don't want to let go or relinquish. Uh, the anger is a big one for me. Um, but I thank God for Tegan. And I thank God that he put her in my life because I probably would not even be walking into this uncomfortable season. As Scott said, it's uncomfortable there because my biggest fear is failing her. I don't want to mess her up the way that people failed me and messed me up in my life. And so, you know, the enemy likes to tell us, you know, you can't do something. See, and my thing is, when you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to prove you wrong. 
So I am opening that box that's been put over in the closet for many, many, many years. And I took the top off of it last week. When we were about to dive in and we're about to dig into all those hurts that's kept me bound for so long. And I'm telling you right now, I hope to get be able to be up here again when this is over to share because it's fixing to be a wild ride. But I'm telling you right now, God's fixing to do some amazing things in my life. And I'm going to war for my family. He's had them for long enough. We're about to be set free. But, yeah, that's kind of my story, and I'm so thankful, like, to be able to, to share today, and I appreciate you making me get out, get up here today and share that. But, yeah. Amen. Come on, let Rachel know you love her. Can we all stand together? <clears throat> wow, my goodness. Uh, and there's so much more to each of these stories. Um, there's so much happening. There's so much more that God's going to do. Amen. And, um, yeah, she was one of those we, we set out in the Stood in the parking lot, had a conversation, and there's a lot going on. There's a lot of happening. There's a lot of happening in this room, but I just felt like really the Holy Spirit was like, focus in on what I have done and what I'm doing and what I'm going to do. Amen. Let's focus on those things. It's called gratitude. It's called thanksgiving. And um, I think we've heard this morning there's nothing God can't do. He can save addicts. He can heal the brokenhearted. He can deliver. He can, he can mend families. We've heard it this morning. And, um, and I just want us this morning as the worship team ministers in song to just to spend some time in gratitude and thanksgiving to the Lord. And I, I think we've heard today also the power of the Word of God and how powerful what comes out of our mouth. And, and it's, it's really prayer. It's really declaration. It's, it's declaring God's word over situations. And so this morning as we just spend time in worship, I, I, I want you, no matter what situation you may have, to give that over to the Lord this morning. And so as the worship team sings, if you need prayer, you want somebody to declare the word of God over your situation with you, I want to invite you to come or just grab somebody in the room or family and let's pray together. And let's just end this service this morning in worship and thanksgiving and prayer to the Lord for the gratitude again that we have for him. Amen. Let's worship. Thank you again for listening to this message. We hope it's been a source of encouragement for you today. If you need prayer or a lot to support this ministry through giving, stop by faithrenewed.org.